Shishmed members play a critical role as to the organizations and communities they serve. This special edition of the Shishmed podcast is part of the COVID-19 Conversations series, featuring members' stories and resources in an effort to provide insight into how some organizations are managing this unprecedented crisis. Every day, healthcare leaders and frontline staff are tirelessly caring for patients affected by COVID-19. In this period of uncertainty and social distance, we want to help share the great work Shishman members are doing by capturing your stories and extending useful resources. Today, we have Christina Geidesheimer, Director of System Marketing Communications at BB Healthcare, and Andrea Wojcik, Section Chief Office of Health and Risk Communications at Delaware Department of Health and Social Services, the Division of Public Health. They will be sharing how they have aligned their efforts to serve the community. Christina will then share how the Department of Public Health has allowed her organization and team to communicate a centralized place for the public to go for questions, thus lightening the design burden on them. Andrea and Christina, thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to kick off my first question to Andrea and ask that you please start off by painting a broad general picture of how your community is being affected by COVID-19. So thank you for having us today. Um, I would say that in Delaware, and uh, maybe it's helpful to say that I represent the, the state's division of public health. I know there are a lot of states out there that have uh, county health agencies, but in Delaware, because we are so small, we operate operationalize everything at the state level. So we don't have county public health agencies. We only have state public health locations um, in each of our three counties. So uh, with that, we have three counties in the state. Uh, our total population is just under a million. Uh, as a very small state tucked into the area between Maryland, Virginia, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, uh, we often see a lot of cross-traffic from other states. And because we have a thriving beach area where uh, Christina's health system is located, uh, we also get a lot of visitors. And we have uh, a lot of people who are retirees who find uh, our area in particular a great place to live. Uh, Delaware's a little bit, uh, we've been fortunate in that it did not hit us as early as it hit the other states. In fact, we were one of the last two states to announce a positive case of COVID-19. Um, that being said, that was just two weeks ago, I believe, and now we are up to 214 cases as of end of day on March 28th. And we have um, five people who have passed away from COVID-19 throughout the state, and we have approximately 31 people who are hospitalized. While a lot of states have seen have been seeing their numbers uh, skyrocket for several days, we're just getting to that point. So I think where we are now as a state is we can expect to see more cases and more cases in the coming days before we see a leveling off or a decrease. Thank you, Andrea. Can you please share how you two have worked together to provide resources, not just for BV Healthcare, but for the state of Delaware? So one of my key pieces of advice for um, any state or county public health agency is to 
have an established relationship with the communication staff in your uh, hospital system before something like this happens. Uh, we were fortunate in that all of the hospital system communications folks and my staff uh, were already in contact. You know, we we talk about um, other outbreaks. We talk about uh, instances where they might have an infectious disease and whether or not we or they are going to announce something and make it public. So we already had an established relationship. And when this started, when COVID started to hit, um, I made sure that I was sending out messages to all of them at the same time uh, with information that I was getting from the CDC, whether it's their, uh, their key daily messaging points, uh, tried to pass along information about the CDC media calls early on and then just making sure that before we're putting out any press releases at the state level, they're seeing them before they actually go out. So they have some sort of a heads up as to, to what we're pushing out. Uh, all of the health system communication staff are also on our press release list, so they're going to get it anyway, but I always give them the, uh, the benefit of seeing it first so they have that advance notice. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, um, some of the hospital communications folks um, would say, hey, we're getting uh, questions from this media outlet. And once I saw that one health system was getting that question, I would try and reach out to the other system to say, hey, this health system has reported this question from this media outlet. Are you getting the same thing? This is their planned response. This would be our planned response. And in that way, we tried to coordinate messaging across the board. Thank you, Andrea. Christina, any specific resources you've received from Andrea, from Andrea and her team that you feel have had um, the most impact? Yeah, absolutely. So as, as Andrea mentioned, um, early on in, well, I'll just sort of step back from that for a moment and say early on in any crisis, and many of us and many people listening who have been through crises know that it kind of goes in many ways and none of us have been through a crisis like this before <laughs> um, but it goes in many ways and and the first wave is typically you know we don't know anything <laughs> um, typically your um, your division of public health or your county health department or whatever your setup is are the ones that that know more than you um, because in the beginning it's just what's happening and, and you and your health system are, are trying just to get information. And so in those very beginning stages when we didn't really know a lot, um, Andrea's uh, team was invaluable. And like she said, she was getting information out to us on a daily basis, uh, sometimes more than that. Um, and it was so helpful to us. We had flyers, um, they put together an amazing website. Um, they mounted a, um, uh, a screening uh, and, and testing capabilities. There was a, a hotline people could call, and that was, it just gave us, a, a, me, a huge sigh of relief <laughs> because we were getting, as Andrea mentioned, just tons of calls from media. We were getting a lot of internal and external calls from folks. And so in those very beginning stages when there was starting to be this mounting sort of chaos um, from folks who just really wanted answers, to be able to say, here's a flyer, 
here's the number to call, was very helpful. And then, you know, in crisis, you move on to the other phases where you start to have information and you start, you, you need to create your own information as you have it internally to your teams and, and to your communities as it becomes a more local crisis, if you will. Um, early on and, and still, um, our state division of health remains a vital source. Uh, we, we created at, at bbhealthcare.org, we created a public health page. Well, we've always had one, but we've enhanced it for this crisis. And we've created one that's, um, you know, chock full of information about um, COVID-19 with resources for people in our county. And we have a link to the state DPH's website because they've got that up-to-date information um, that we can't can't replicate. Great point. Thank you. Great insights there. Uh, Christina, I know you also mentioned that your health system mounted a network of mobile screening sites and a call center for those who do not have a doctor. Can you share any details on that? Yeah, absolutely. So taking the state's lead um, and, and working in partnership with the, the state, um, we mounted mobile screening sites, as you mentioned, uh, started with one and that's proliferated. So now we have several uh, sites throughout our county. So we serve Sussex County uh, in Delaware. Um, we have those mobile sites and we have a screening hotline, if you will. So um, what we're what we tell our folks to do is to call their doctor um, if they feel they need to be tested. Um, and if they don't have a doctor, they can call our hotline. Um, and through one of those two channels, they can be screened and then be tested um, if, if they meet the, the criteria, essentially if they're symptomatic. Um, and we've been able to get a lot of people in our county um, through the screening process or even just to answer questions. Um, and really to educate folks and then, of course, to get them through testing uh, if they meet the criteria. Thank you. Thank you both. Before closing out this interview, are there any other ideas, thoughts, or resources you would like to share with Shishman members? I think from the state level, uh, I'll share our um, our state coronavirus page, which is located at de.gov slash coronavirus. That is where we have centralized all of our information and resources. That includes a section at the bottom of graphic resources so that uh, any of our partners can take those graphics for social media and share them or personalize them for their own individual use. Uh, for our part, uh, within the health system as a, as a, you know, a, a, in marketing, communications, the strategy folks, I would say a couple of things. I would say use all available channels. I think most of us are doing that already. Um, but really look across all the available channels. Look at, um, PSAs for, um, TV and radio. Um, use your intranet. Use, um, your, um, your boards. Uh, it, however many boards you have, and some of us in nonprofit, we have got a lot of boards. Um, those can be really invaluable people. Um, don't be afraid to reach outside of your marketing, communication, strategy, business development uh, team for help. Um, in crisis like this, we can't do it alone. 
Um, so, for instance, we're putting together a team to help tell our story internally and externally. Um, specifically, we have had a, a huge outpouring of support and um, donations of things and items and food and so forth from our community, which has been phenomenal, but we can't manage that alone. So we've reached out to other folks for help with that um, and really to use current relationships that you have built before the crisis to help get the word out because um, we all know that it's important that we tell our community to stay at home if you're sick and all of those messages that we're trying to get out um, and to really just kind of take a moment and think um, about all of the ways that you can that you can let folks know the important messages. Um, and then the other thing is that I think is really important that we're all saying to each other now, which is make sure that you have um, that you've built bench strength or that you're building it now so that you can take some time to take pauses and, and take time off and take care of yourself. And I'd love to Thank follow you. up. I'd love to follow up with, uh, with Christina's uh, remark about, um, about teamwork and then strength and, and uh, taking time for yourself uh, and recognizing that you can't do it all. Uh, in the Division of Public Health, uh, I have a staff of six. So we're a total staff of seven, and but as this crisis um, started to evolve, um, while initially it started to section off responsibilities for people, uh, it quickly grew to the point where we couldn't even manage it ourselves. So we stood up a joint information center at the State Health Operations Center, and in this joint information center, I have communications folks from multiple other state agencies working with us seven days a week. So our JIC is open seven days a week. I've got staff from other uh, agencies supporting us seven days a week with great support from our governor's office. Uh, I had to realize that one of these areas that was not my strength and where I needed to hand off some work was in the social media and website um, development area, and so our state uh, government information center, which manages the state website, stepped up and helped us, helped us design uh, a really nice page for coronavirus information, and bringing in people from other agencies and being able to really assign tasks to other people have allowed me to uh, take two days off a week because as much as I'm a communications person, I'm also a working mom with a six-year-old who doesn't understand mommy's job is uh, really important and, and I need to help other people. So I need to make sure that I'm able to take time for my family and take care of mine and theirs as well. Uh, and I had to very early on let go of any notion that I could take care of this just within the health agency was probably the smartest decision that I ever made. Lisa, I'll just—I've got two more quick thoughts, and then I'll—and <clears throat> then I'll uh, stop talking. But I wanted to share, particularly for perhaps some some smaller um, health systems or some smaller hospitals who might listen. Um, when I talk about using um, relationships that you might have within your health system, and just to give some examples, I reached out to our um, organizational development team. So if, if 
folks have an uh, education team, they're helping us tell that story. So I handed off that project to them to kind of leverage uh, everybody in the community who wants to help, um, everybody internally um, who's telling the story. Um, we have someone in our volunteer team who's been assigned to us to help with communication. So those are just some examples of, of, of that. And then we are also, we, we, we recognize that we have to answer questions from a large uh, amount of people and they're in different audiences. So we have to answer our internal teams. We have to answer questions from providers. We have to answer questions from our donors uh, for our foundation. And we have to answer questions from the general public. And those are very unique audiences that are going to have different questions. And we're social distancing, so we can't you know, have a press conference and have everyone crowd together. So we're being innovative with technology that we already have, and we're hosting virtual town halls for everybody. And so that's something else um, for folks to think about is really to just look at what you already have and how you might be able to use it in new and innovative ways uh, during this crisis. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Andrea and Christina, for taking time out of your busy schedules to share your great partnership and community efforts around COVID-19. You've shared some great ideas and advice today, and we are just so grateful for the important work you are all doing. So thank you for that. Uh, I do want to direct those listening that for general updates and resources on COVID-19, you can visit aha.org backslash COVID-19. And you can also visit shishma.org for a collection of specific COVID-19 resources, including interviews like this one today with Christina and Andrea. To connect with Christina and other Shishma members, please also head to my Shishmid online community at www.my.shishma.org as we are continuing to look for stories of compassion, understanding, and great work being done. If you have a story or resource to share, please email shishma.org. And just remember, we are all in this together and grateful for all the great work you are doing. That closes out today. Andrew and Christina, thank you so much. Wishing you good health and hopefully some rest in the coming weeks. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening and know that we are thinking of you during these unprecedented times. For general updates and resources on COVID-19, head to aha.org slash COVID-19 and visit shishmed.org for a collection of specific COVID-19 resources for strategists.